So the energy equation is really somebody's unique blueprint of how they generate energy. So you generate energy with the food that you eat, the exercise, the sleep, plus how you invest your energy strategically so that you have a bigger return on investment. Welcome to the My Future Business Show, where we get you in front of your best audience and keep you there. Not only are we interviewing the biggest names in business to help you become even more successful, we're inviting you to book your spot on the show to help you grow your business. So at the end of the call, make sure you fill in the interview application form at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. Hello and welcome to the My Future Business Show. I hope you're doing really well today and thank you very much for joining us. Now, if this is your first time on the show with this, you're in for a treat. Now, if you have been supporting the show for any length of time, I'd just like to say thank you very much for that support. It's making all of the difference knowing that the show is making a difference for you. Now, on today's call, I have the wonderful pleasure of spending time with um, mind, body, emotional alchemy practitioner and master NLP transformational health coach, Catherine Gagnon. Welcome to the show, Catherine. Thank you so much. A pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Now, just for context, Catherine, I'd like to share with the, uh, the callers that, uh, again, you're a health and life coach, um, energy and sensitivity mentor, a Lyme disease expert, which I'm going to take a bit of a deep dive into that one, and primary healthcare nurse. And we're going to be talking about the what's called, or what you're calling the energy equation and ways to invest your energy for the best results. Now, that's a lot to get through in a relatively short amount of time. So hopefully we can, uh, we can do all of those things. But uh, let's talk about you for a moment. I'm wondering where you're calling in from today. Calling in from um, Quebec in Canada, close oh, to Montreal. Beautiful. And what do you like about that area? You know what? I um, came to live here because I live next to the mountain where I've been hang gliding for 15 years. Oh. And um, so I do that in the summertime. And in the wintertime, it's cross-country skiing and downhill skiing. So a place where all of my passions are reunited. Oh, that's wonderful. And I'd love to talk a little bit about ha um, hobbies and sports. And you're an actual uh, hang glider pilot. Let's explore that for a moment. Yes. How did that um, come about? You know what? Um, it's, uh, Rick, we're not that many hang glider pilots in the world. Um, mm. Somebody made a compilation not too long ago. We're about 15,000 in the entire world. And um, for me, it was always dreaming about flying, like literally in my dream as a child, I wanted to fly. I wanted to be an airline pilot. Um, and it, it came at a point in my life where I needed um, a rebirth in my life. I had just gone through a separation and mm -hmm. hang gliding kind of came around and it, it literally gave me wings towards my new freedom to be more of myself. And I have to say that um, I wouldn't be the person I am today if it wasn't for 15 years of um, safe, adventurous hang gliding <laughs> around the world. <laughs> yeah, that's wonderful. And I'd love to talk about that in, in the context of risk later on, uh, if we could. Now, but with that, I've jumped out of a plane at 14,000 feet. I was terrified, but I did it anyway. And the exhilaration that you get up there with the birds, it's just indescribable, isn't it? It is. It's for me, it's like a big meditation, honestly, because it's a, it forces me to be in the present moment and feeling the air on my face and, you know, being in tune with the elements and seeing the clouds forming and, and the birds and following, you know, my intuition yeah. on where to go to find the, you know, uplifting air. 
um, it's just a really almost a mystical experience. For me, it's like a big meditation. And that's incredible because you're controlling this structure and, you know, mm -hmm. under its own steam, um, it's quite weighty, would it be? Um, yeah, I mean, um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm small, mm -hmm. meaning I'm not heavy, so mm -hmm. I fly the smallest wings there are. Right. But it is a pretty physical sport. I mean, if we compare with our kind of cousin sport paragliding, mm -hmm. hang gliding is, is much more uh, physical <clears throat> to kind of, you know, yeah. move this thing around. So. Yeah. No, <laughs> look, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm thankful that we're able to talk a little bit about this because it really gives some context to the core of the call later on. Now, tell me about the first time you did this by yourself, because as I understand it, prior to that, you have to jump with somebody. Is that correct? Yeah, you have to, you know, learn and do some tandem flights and with an instructor. Mm -hmm. And the first time, I'll remember that all of my no, life. I bet. <laughs> the first time, it's like, you know, I mean, it's one of the, the biggest fears of, of, you know, mankind is to fall off a cliff or fall in the yeah. abyss or something like yeah. that. So I was lifting my wing going. <laughs> what am I doing? Back, <laughs> lifting it. Oh, my God. <laughs> probably took me 15 minutes to to launch but the first launch it's like that first time that you that I overcame one of mankind's biggest fears that mm. I, I I just launched myself in the air and trusted the wings that were above my my you know my Yourself, body that yeah. they were, you know it's such a, a it's like a breaking free from anything that was holding you back literally um, wow, what it's, an experience. It's, it's quite a sensation. Yes. A couple of things I'm taking from this already, Catherine, is, you know, you've in, you become empowered, you know, you become confident, um, you're dealing with risk, you're dealing with fear. And all of this so later on in the conversation must dovetail back into how we manage ourselves and it must have contributed. But um, before we get into that side of things, I'm wondering, do you have anything else you enjoy doing? Do you like a movie now and then? Or do you like movies going out? You know what? <laughs> My mom used to say that I had too many passions and that was kind <laughs> of a, a good problem. But I've been a real um, passionate outdoorsy person. I love uh, biking. I love kayaking, mm -hmm. uh, skiing. I do cross country skiing, downhill skiing. I love horseback riding, hiking yep. mountains. Wow. I used to travel. In fact, I went to Australia the first time I, I went somewhere by myself in the world was when I was 20 years old and, and I went to Australia oh. for eight months <laughs> and what a delight. It, it literally felt like home. And, yeah. and then, um, I wanted to touch all five continents by age 25 and I, I did it multiple times. So traveling, you know, in the pre COVID era used to be something I was doing quite a bit. <laughs> so do you still have a bucket list? You know what? Um, I still have a bucket list and most of the things now are mostly in my internal journey. Like I used to want to travel to, to get to know myself, to break free from the routine, from the structures that I felt were limiting me. And um, I mean, I traveled to, to Africa, to Asia, I've done some voluntary work and um you know flying hang gliders and kite surfing and all that and and now the bucket list is more about mystical experiences mm -hmm. connecting to something greater than myself mm -hmm. deepening my intuition and and 
you know, that connection with uh, souls that have passed. And so that's where, you know, I'm navigating more these days. I mean, I'd love to, um, you know, sail on a boat. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Those sorts Uh, of things, yep. Yes, those sorts of things. But it's no longer this kind of quest to do, do, do. Conquer the world. Exactly. <laughs> I kind of feel like I've, I've done it and, and in a way I continue to do it with, you know, hang gliding and stuff like that. But now it's more like understanding. I would say the bucket list now is more the quest for putting together all of the knowledge, all of the mm. wisdom, all of the experiences that I've, I've lived, mm-hmm. you know, throughout my career in, in, the med- in medicine. Yep. And now what I'm doing and integrating quantum physics and the law of attraction and just really putting everything together. So I think I need, I'm feeling inspired to invent new language to explain the global unity that we can feel when we're one with consciousness. But that's kind of, yeah, no, that's macro. That's absolutely (laughs) macro. And I get it. You know, I've, I've had this conversation a number of times and I think the world is shifting towards this because there is absolutely something there to, to behold and benefit from. Now, if I might, Catherine, I'm a big lover of pets and I'm wondering, do you think that, um, pets spirit come from somewhere else and how much do you love pets? Do you have your own pets? I used to have I used to have birds and horses, right. kind of the, the big and the small. Yeah, the big and the small. <laughs> <laughs> and I do believe that not just animals, but the living consciousness. You know, mm. animals sense things and they inform us of of the state of the world, really, and and of they're great mirrors of the state of our internal world. Also, I remember my horse uh, used to be moody, like I was when I was a teenager. (laughs) (laughs) And she could feel me, she could feel like, if I was a little bit upset or anxious, I'd I'd come to to her stall, and she'd turn her butt to me. (laughs) (laughs) Not today. (laughs) (laughs) Not today, I see. (laughs) And then when when I was feeling calm and peaceful, it would reflect in her behavior in her, um, the way she was just holding herself and the way she was riding with so much more peace and calm. Yeah. So I really feel like animals are a mirror of, of us. Yes. And we enter into those sacred relationships without necessarily the verbal language. A lot happens in the energy and the in that non-verbal, space. yeah, in that space. No, yeah. I get it. I absolutely love this conversation already. I'm wondering, um, given um, how um, calm and uh, intuitive you are and with yourself you know living in the present as it were what does a day look like for you when do you wake up and you know do you like to get up early and and what do you do what's your daily routine Mm. well it's been a work in progress to you know create a routine that really suits um my rhythm my energy my digestion Mm. um so i like to you know wake up to the day um setting not intentions, but um, setting my mindset to what I'm, I'm looking forward to, to that day and kind mm-hmm. of just enjoying the contact of the sheets and the warmth of the bed yep. and just like, um, yay. And <laughs> what kind of miracles are going to happen today? Or what am I going to be surprised with? And kind of setting that expectation. 
And I love to do yoga in the morning, opening up my body, some exercise. Sometimes it's going for a bike ride in the morning. I'm really someone who needs to move yeah. my body yeah. um, to feel good and to kind of align my thoughts so that when I, you know, I have breakfast later in the day, my digestion was never good for an early breakfast. So. Mm when I was working as a nurse practitioner and I had to be in the office at eight o'clock and I had yep. 45 minutes of commute time, mm -hmm. um, I had to eat and finish by seven fifteen, which my oh, belly was like, work. no, we don't like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I eat later in the day and, and take time to chew and eat mindfully. And, yep. um, then I start working around 11, uh, in the morning and, depending on the, the day and if the afternoon is nice, I can't stay indoors when it's sunny outside. I'm no. just like the sunflower you, going, <laughs> and going outside. <laughs> now, I wonder, uh, Catherine, if you could share with us, we live in tumultuous times and I wonder how you break away from, I guess, the system that is media and, and uh, you know, what, what we're hearing around the world today. How do you stay away from that? And do you stay away from it? And how do you manage it um, in your mind? That's a great question. And this is actually something I do uh, myself and with my clients, which is emotional alchemy. And we can talk about it later. Yeah. But one of the first things that I've stopped doing, um, maybe five years ago is I stopped listening to the news. I stopped watching the news and I've been like, okay, if I, if I need to know something important, I'll see it through social media. I'll, I'll hear it. It's but, somewhere. um, yeah. it, it's going to be somewhere. And I remember when the pandemic started, um, I was, looking into all sorts of information and I was feeling unraveled and distraught mm. until I, I thought to myself, okay, maybe there are things happening, you know, that we don't know. Uh, there might be potential for abuse of power and things like that. But if I buy into the stress of that, mm. I am, I'm not participating in the solution. I'm being a part of the problem. So mm. I chose to, focus on my vibration, staying high vibe, staying focused on what I want to see happen in the world. And if I hear, you know, like right now we live in chaotic times with mm. Ukraine and Russia, mm. um, I, I like to take that as a contrast to say, okay, here's the world that I want to live in. I want to live in a world where um, human wellness is the priority over profit. I want to live in the world where we have mutual understanding, compassion. Mm. And I don't know if you know the um, Hawaiian ritual of the O'oponopono. No, I do not. The, it's, it's like a forgiveness um, prayer that is sending out, connecting through the quantum field. Mm. Um, it was a psychiatrist who went to Hawaii and um, looking at the inmates in prison charts, he would recite this, oh, pono, pono, which is um, four sentences. I'm sorry, mm. please forgive me. And it's not like I've done something wrong, but in the collective, yep. please forgive. Um, I love you and thank you. And that's been kind of a key of how I've kept my vibration higher. Um, and of course, you know, meditating, but it's really staying focused on what do I want to see happen in the world? So not letting myself being distraught by what I observe, but creating a reality, which is, you know, 
quantum physics mm-hmm. and the law of attraction. Yeah. And I find that by myself managing my emotions and helping other people to manage their stress, their anxiety, uh, to be more at peace, to be more intentionally creating their reality, that all of these pieces add up to raise the vibration on the planet and hopefully, you know, we come to a better day. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what we're all hoping and praying for right now. I wonder, you have um, such a good energy about you. And I know that you are well educated. I'm wondering if you can share a little bit about, um, I guess, your formal education, just again, for context. Yes. Um, well, my formal education, I became a nurse in 2004 mm-hmm. and a nurse practitioner in 2012. So here in Canada, the nurse practitioner role is pretty much like the, uh, the family doctor. So I was prescribing medication, yep. you know, blood tests, doing mm-hmm. follow-ups uh, of patients and all that. So um, that was my formal education. I also worked uh, in Norton, Quebec, in native, you know, First Nations communities. Yep. I've always been sensitive to First Nations. I mean, when I stayed in Australia, I stayed for three weeks in a, an Aboriginal community. Oh yeah, up in the in the Flinders Ranges. Yes, fantastic! Uh, wow, in South Australia, it was. Australia. Really cool. yes. It was yes, excellent. And I think Beautiful you're in, place. You're in Adelaide, right? I am. Don't hold that against me. I'm in McLaren Vale, in fact. Okay. Yes, I know where it is. Yes, very good. Very good. <laughs> so yeah, so that is my formal background um, mm-hmm. in the medical field. Um, but I've always felt like it was incomplete. In fact, when I first came on the job after my undergraduate, I worked in ER in a busy trauma center in Montreal. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, one of, you know, one of the things that medicine has done is to separate the body and the mind. And right from the get go, I could tell that you don't separate the body and the mind. It's actually a mistake to do that. Um, so there, there came the, the, the quest to learn more and to be more integrative. And so that's when I did my health coaching course and, um, and then the mastery course to deepen the, the, the skills and my master NLP, um, course. Um, and now I'm doing a PhD in natural medicine, which is the medicine the way i've always envisioned it which right. is bringing quantum physics and the law of attractions into medicine into health and uh, into energy medicine which oh, it's, it's a, so it's a true it's a true version of um, i guess the word holistic because sometimes you see the use of the word holistic being used quite fragmentedly if that's a word would you agree with that I do. And that's why, Rick, I've been on on a quest to kind of find a new word that would include all of our physical and non-physical aspects of us, even the non-local. But so I think this might be something that I do in my PhD thesis, maybe. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) New new language. (laughs) Exactly. Now, I I know that you, uh, again, you're educated and you must follow and learn from people. Um, Who do you think um, really influenced you, I guess, in your formative years, in the earlier years? And do you still study and, and learn from particular people? Ah, yes. Oh my gosh. There has been so, so many, uh, mentors and Mm. so many people inspiring me. Um, but I have to say some key people that really, um, imprinted my psyche when I was younger. 
um, was a uh, um, Nobel Peace Prize winner in 1991, Aung San Suu Kyi, wow. who is in, yeah. in Burma, yes, yeah. um, because of her service to her country, bringing justice and equality. Um, I have been very inspired by, of course, the work of Gandhi and Mother Theresa, mm -hmm. um, but now I'm understanding more why um in the sense of not necessarily the selfless gift but it's more of channeling the anger that they perhaps were feeling into aligned action to instill change yeah into into non-violent action a transformation and, um, yeah yes and now i've been learning so much from people such as joe dispenza um, Bruce Lipton, um, what's her name? Uh, Candace Perth, who did, mm -hmm. who was the one who discovered the molecules of emotions, how, when we have emotions, it translate into neuropeptides and molecules into our body that makes the, the physical, physical sensation yes. Yes, of the emotion. Mm. Um, and, um, just great, great visionaries in the field of neurosciences and um, quantum physics and right now at quantum university we uh, uh there's a lot of inspiration from dr amit goswami mm -hmm. uh, who's you know a quantum physicist so it's um fascinating again it, it's <laughs> fascinating and it's pulling the best out of a wide array of different personalities uh, different um mindset but what I see is one common denominator. Oh, and another one is my mentor, uh, Nirka, which mm -hmm. I've been, I'm so grateful for all the skills that I've learned from her. Mm -hmm. But the common denominator that I see in those people is being unwilling to settle for less and being so intentional in bringing into their senses what they want to see materialize in, in the physical world, which is, again, the law of attraction in quantum physics. So, um, you know, there's I'm, this, there's this statement, you know, what you think about, you bring about, would you, is that really what we're talking about here? Exactly. Mm. It's, it's what, where you focus your attention, energy flows, and then everything is created twice. The first time it's created in our, in our mind, and then as we nurture and cultivate the vision and the sensation of that before it even happens, uh, it, that's when it materializes in, in the physical world, which is, by the way, how I healed from Lyme disease in ways that are unheard of. Yes, let's talk about this now, because I, I was uh, fascinated by this and I thought, what is Lyme disease? I wonder if you can share it with the people who may not know what it is. Yes, I'm happy to do that. And, and Lyme disease is actually very present in Australia also, mm. which is where I caught it when I was 20 years oh, old. So it's sorry. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know at the time because I wasn't a nurse. And we've got all sorts and, of weird creepy crawlies over here. <laughs> yeah, the creepy crawlies. <laughs> but you know what? Lyme disease, Rick, was one of the most, one of the best gifts that I've ever had in my entire oh, really? life. Yes. And for some people, it's going to be cancer. For some people, it's an accident. But it really is a moment of truth, a moment of transforming my life, you know, in mm. major, major ways. But Lyme disease essentially is transmitted 
mostly by uh, tick bites. And um, it's a very old uh, pathogen. Um, the main pathogen is, is Borrelia bos um, uh, burgdorferi, which is a spirochete. Mm. And um, we have evidence that it's at least 5,000 years old. So what we know of pathogens that are old like that is they are intelligent and they have been adapting themselves to not kill their host, to weaken them enough and use their resources, but yes. to kind of coexist with them to, so that they can uh, biologically, so that the microorganism can be transmitted to another host. And that's mm -hmm. just the purpose of the bacteria. Yep. But Lyme disease comes with a lot of co-infections. Um, the ticks are considered the dirty needles of nature because oftentimes before biting a human, the tick might have bitten, a, a, you know, a deer, a mouse, a snake, a bird. So it's like going in the in the hospital and vaccinating people with the same needle out of right? the yellow so, out of the yellow tub. It, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so um, a lot of people don't know that they've acquired Lyme disease. Um, in the acute phase, it's easier to recognize and in conventional medicine, um, we have guidelines for acute Lyme, but not for what's considered chronic Lyme. And this is where it just gets really complex for people. I have a whole online course that I give on that, but a lot of people will present with symptoms like fibromyalgia, pain, brain mm -hmm. fog, mm -hmm. searching for their words, they're extremely tired. Um, they even feel anxious or depressed or even like a depersonalization. They're like, I'm not myself. Yeah, wow. And it's very debilitating for, for, for many people. And unfortunately, the knowledge is not there yet in the conventional medicine world for chronic Lyme. Mm -hmm. And so the diagnosis might be missed for many months or even many years. So the body continues to be under attack. So for me, um, I didn't know, but in 2000 is where when i acquired lyme mm. which you know i knew in in hindsight but it yeah. just all came out in 2016 and it literally almost killed me yeah it's it was um infernal and and horrible and i um i had to be i was by myself mm. even though i was working in the medical world nobody had answers and so frustrating. I, it was it was very frustrating and very, um, I mean, anxious. I was mm. anxious and, mm. and there was so much uncertainty, but I'm the one who found my diagnosis. And um, through a series of just researching and, and learning a, a yep. bunch of stuff. Yeah. And so you've and, got a um, course on this. Um, so we yes. can, I guess we can sh um, share where people can find that, I guess, later in the call. Um, if I might, um, can we talk about your energy equation, because I've been sitting here chomping at the bit, waiting to ask you about this. Tell me about the energy equation. What is this and what does it mean? Oh, I love the energy equation. And this is something, this is a blueprint um, that I came up with. Um, I've always been somebody who's very energetic and, you know, has a lot of zest for life. And when I was sick with Lyme, mm -hmm. I had so little energy that all of a sudden the notion of having energy became so precious that you know when i work with my clients i was like what is it really that i'm doing with energy and it was a morning i was on my bike and then i downloaded 
um, mathematical equation, which is how my brain works. It's both mm -hmm. scientific and yep. spiritual. So, yep. Yep. <laughs> and so the energy equation is really um, somebody's unique blueprint of how they generate energy. So you generate energy with the food that you eat that's right for you, uh, the exercise, the sleep, the um, your mental nurturing, your you know positive emotions. So how you generate energy plus how you invest your energy strategically so that you have a bigger return on investment. It's just like money. Yes. And the way I describe that is, you know, when you you feel passionate about a project and you're investing your energy, you get more energy out of it uh, than yes. what you put in. Yes. Okay. So generating energy plus investing it strategically and then divided by energy leaks. And this is where my specialty lies, the energy leaks. And there's a reason why it's a division and not a subtraction, mm -hmm. because it's that much more powerful when we have energy leaks. And I can name a few, and I, I'm sure people can recognize themselves, but um, some of the big energy leaks that we have, that people have is um, wearing a mask of, oh, everything is going well, you know, on the outside, but inside they feel, <laughs> anxious they distraught. feel like their world yeah distraught upset and um other energy leaks is comparing ourselves with others uh perfectionism mm. uh, being so critical of ourselves you know very judgmental of our own action our words ruminating let's say a conversation and oh did i say the right thing did i do the right thing and then just kind of i've seen myself in this already <laughs> 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 yes, they, it, we all have them. Mm. And it's, you know, attaching the meanings to situations that um, possibly was not what was happening. But because you attached a meaning, let's say somebody was rude with you and then you're like, oh, I'm not good enough or I've done something wrong. And then you're ruminating that. And a mm. lot of that is in the mental thoughts of uh, leaking energy. Um, other stuff is to say yes to situations or people, but in your heart, it says no. So it's kind of, you're stepping on your own truth. Yeah. Um, not being able to express your needs, your desires, or feeling like they're not important. And then kind of stepping, you know, dimming your own, um, light and your own yeah, desires and, um, self-doubt questioning all the time, uh, fearing a lack of money, a lack of time. Anything um, that's not going to serve you is essentially what you're saying. I wonder, um, how yes. is it that you simplify this for people who don't have such a high level of understanding for you when you work for them? Could you tell us a little bit about the process? Totally. And, um, you know, my process is pretty advanced in the sense of we go deep into the subconscious mind uh, mm. and it's almost like we go into the, you know, the, the, the coding system of the computer to literally reprogram uh, the limiting beliefs, yes. the, uh, the ruminating thoughts, mm. the limiting decisions that we make, but they're subconscious. So the first step to anything is to self-awareness and self-awareness. It's, really following being present with yourself and following the energy in your body and i can give examples of 
you know, if you've encountered a situation and you walk out of there and you feel uncomfortable, you might feel a constriction in your throat or mm -hmm. like your gut is, is stuck. Yep. So just being aware of how your body is constricting or reacting to energy leaks is the first step. What is draining your energy or what are you tolerating that you you have to force yourself to do something and it's just like i oh, don't pain. want to do that those are yes pain those are energy leaks and mm. and pain in the body is a huge you know on the physical yep. side of energy leak pain and um uh, autoimmunity or or intolerances or allergies that are kind of subclinical yep. but that give you all kinds of symptoms of fatigue and brain fog and things like that so um, the first step to anything is self-awareness. So I have a way of asking people questions to bring them back in their body. And let's say they're telling a story and they're getting all amped up and I'm like, let's pause here. Where do you feel that in your body? What is that sensation? Oh, okay. So when I'm stressed, I feel this heart palpitating. Oh, I feel this sweat on my forehead. So mm. then it becomes their um, indicator. And once you've seen something, it's very hard to unsee it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Impossible almost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a neurological remapping, isn't it? I wonder in all of this work that you're doing, you know, I think about neuro neuroplasticity and things like that. I'm sure that that has a part to play. And I'm sure that if you don't already have one, is there a book coming for all of this? There has <laughs> to be. I had a book. I had a book in writing. And honestly, I had to stop writing it just because I'm, I, with the PhD studies yes, and, too much. and my business is just, yep. and my mind, you know, already is getting expanded. So, um, but there is more than one book. Absolutely. I can, <laughs> I can tell that's for sure. And certain now you've touched on the fact that there are certainly books in there. There's um, courses that people can get their hands on. I think it's about time that we share because I'm positive. There'll be people on the call today going, well, I need to know more. <laughs> so on that basis, um, Catherine, where can, um, people find you and find your courses and things like that. Yeah. So my website is, um, it's bilingual, uh, French and English. Mm -hmm. So it's www.catherinegagnon.ca. So I'm going to spell it, but it's mm -hmm. my name. Yep. C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E-G-A-G-N-O-N.ca. So on my website, um, there, uh, the, the different programs are there where people can book a uh, discovery call, mm -hmm. which is always the point of, of um, initiation. Um, because in that discovery call, we really uncover the subconscious. We start mapping some of those subconscious limiting beliefs and, and we uncover what's been holding the person back or what's been, you know, stopping them from, uh, feeling good and accomplishing their their goals and um, you know getting just the, those the... cursory level things so um, exactly so if you're on this call today as per normal be making sure that you have the links back to Catherine and her wonderful work at catherinegagnon.co and uh, you know this has just really touched the surface I wouldn't even say touch the surface of what's involved in Catherine's work and with all that being said Catherine this has just been such a fantastic call thank you so very much for joining me on the show today thank you so much it's been really really a great great pleasure Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the call, 
then make sure to subscribe, leave a comment, share us with your friends, and book your spot on the show at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. And if you're looking for solutions that will help grow your business, then visit myfuturebusiness.com forward slash shop.